Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am here. I am joined by Manu Molina de la Torre on how to start growing your your yoga or wellness business. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, I am here with Manu, and he is an established and an entrepreneur coach for yoga and wellness professionals. He was born and raised in Spain before he traveled the world, living in Ireland, Italy, and Thailand. Yoga and movement have been his passion, his lifestyle, and his way of earning income since 2008. Today, he lives in Spain and helps other yoga and wellness professionals to take the first steps to grow their business so they can become confident and successful entrepreneurs. Welcome, Manu. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Amy. It's my pleasure to be here. It's an honor. Thank you so much for for having me today. Yeah, really thrilled. Um, you were connected to me by uh, Danny, who is a yoga teacher in Mexico. She's a fellow yoga and life ambassador with me. And I was just so happy she put me in touch with you. Um, and I think this is this is a great topic. Um, you know, so many people are starting every day. Someone starts a business, right? Um, and in the yoga and wellness space, it can feel crowded. But yet, I, I truly believe there's room for everyone. Um, so I'm really excited to hear today what you have to share with us. Yeah, I'm super excited too, Amy. And I agree with you that there is a lot of, uh, you know, new yoga teachers, new wellness professionals. But actually, if you look at it, like wellness and yoga are growing a lot over the last few years. They've been growing a lot. And I think, I believe as, as you do, that there is a space for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I do believe in, you know, connecting with other professionals, sharing and, um, and, and creating that um, collective energy of, you know, growing together and also as professionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think the pandemic has shifted a lot of people's attitude towards yoga and wellness. Um, It might not have been a priority before 2020. Um, And now I feel like it's just top of mind for everyone, um, whether it's mental health, physical health, um, spiritual health. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, we had to make a lot of changes. You know, a lot of yoga teachers had to go to strictly online and, I think we're seeing something that's totally changing. Um, I've only ever taught online. Um, I've never had in-person classes. So 
um, you know, I think it's shifting for, for the good, right? Like I think we're able to reach more people. Um, so where would you like to start? What would you like to jump into first, Manu? Well, the first thing that I, w- I would like to mention, Amy, is, is like subscribing your words. Also, uh, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking also about how how uh, this pandemic has changed things in our industry because this is the reality. And something is for sure is that um, before 2020, I would think like if you are an entrepreneur, if you are starting a business, I know it was important to have an online element, like say perhaps a social media, although social media, I know there is a little bit of controversy these days, but I'm thinking about communication channels, a way mm-hmm. to communicate what you do with the world. You have this amazing podcast, you have your YouTube channel so that people can get who you are as a person, who you are as a teacher, and they can understand how they can benefit from what you're teaching. So this was very important before 2020. But if something that we have learned is that after 2020, it is really, really important as a professional, as an entrepreneur, as an independent yoga or wellness professional to have a space where you can communicate the value of the things you have to offer to the world. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah, you have to be able to reach people. Exactly. So this is something that, you know, before 2020, I think there was this, the model was quite different because for many yoga teachers, like let's say, let's focus for a moment on yoga teachers. When you did your teacher training before 2020, there was like this kind of unspoken, sometimes unspoken idea that you were going to to finish your teacher training and in order to gain experience, you were going to work with other studios, which is something great, by the way. It's something really good for the first um, few months, maybe the first few years after you graduate from your yoga teacher training. It's going to help you gain a lot of experience and knowledge, but actually on the long term, perhaps this is not the best model. This is not the best sustainable model for independent yoga teachers. So what happened in 2020 was, unfortunately, as we know, many studios had to close the doors. Mm -hmm. So what happened? That's the downside of it. Like many people, many um, yoga business owners had to close the doors. They had to adapt to the new online space. But if there is something positive about all of this, for me, like seeing from the perspective of someone who who has been a yoga teacher for for over a decade, is that this gives a lot of opportunity also to independent yoga teachers who now have the tools, now have the tools to speak to the world and to show what they what they do. I don't know if that makes sense, Amy. Please give me something. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, Like, I'm a prime example of that. I did not take my teacher training until the pandemic. Um, You know, the world shut down and um, you were you had a little extra time on your hands for a while. And so I decided to do my teacher training online, which up until that point, um, Yoga Alliance didn't accept 
online teacher training, which, you know, that's a whole other topic. Um, but I took my online training and I actually went all the way and did 500 hours. Um, cause the, the, the 200, I loved it so much. I just wanted to keep going and going and going. Um, but then I started teaching online, you know, mm-hmm. I net, like I said, I have never actually taught in person. And um, that's not a hundred percent true. I've taught some small groups, but like, I don't, I never taught at a studio. I don't have a studio. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been online and I love it. I love my little community that we have. And um, we always have a little 10 minutes at the end of class. If anyone wants to stick around and, and just chat. Um, I really do miss being able to touch people and help them, you know, assist them. Um, but it, it has a, a different, it has its challenges online, but I think it has so many more benefits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I was teaching online yoga before 2020. And actually that was, that was something really positive because I didn't have to go through the same learning curve you know, during the, during the pandemic. And, you know, I think it's like anything else uh, that are positive side and negative sides to everything, Mm -hmm. to the in-person, you will have things that are positive, as you say, having that direct contact, touching people Um, with the online. One of the, one of the good things that I see about the teaching online is that you can reach people from different sides of the world and you yeah, can like we are right now. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. This, this is part of the magic of the internet, right? That you can be connecting, having a conversation with someone that you have never met before, and you can connect and you can create a connection that will last lifelong. And that is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a few things that I like to share with you, Amy, and with your audience, because uh, one of the downsides of doing a teacher training, I love my teacher training too. I, after I finished my teacher training, just like you, I understood that I, I knew that I wanted to learn more. I wanted to deepen into my, into the knowledge, you know, yoga is a very vast field. So I wanted to know about philosophy, about anatomy. There is like a kind of a never-ending process there. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the downsides that I found, at least in the yoga teacher trainings that that I took, is that there was very little, very little to teach about. They don't teach a lot about business, marketing, and all of those things that are very important if your goal is to make money teaching yoga and that is why we're here today (laughs) that is why Mm -hmm. i want to share with you what to my understanding and uh, with my experience are the first things the first steps or the first points however you want to call it that a yoga teacher brand new yoga teacher would be interesting for them to think about that so if you want, I can go ahead and start with the first one, which Absolutely. we kind of read, <laughs> we, kind of read it, we kind of already talked a little bit about it, which is learning. Do your teacher training and gain a lot of experience. And I know there is also a lot of controversy with teacher trainings because nowadays people, um, some people are saying that doing a teacher training doesn't guarantee that you are a teacher. Okay, 
I'm going to tell you something, Amy. When I started teaching yoga over 10 years ago, I didn't finish my teacher training, but I felt ready to teach yoga. But, you know, before that, I, I've been practicing with my teacher for a long time. I was working in retreats. I went to India. I felt that I had that base, even though mm-hmm. I didn't have a teacher training. But I felt that I have that base. And this is the, this is the, this, I would say like, this is the foundation. When you want to work, uh, when you want to, to make a profession, when you want to make a living with yoga, it's really important that you have that knowledge and that you have that experience. And I would say even the first, the first few months after your teacher training, I would say even do that for free, you know, just to gain experience, the experience that you are going to gain after your teacher training by teaching your friends, your family, this is invaluable. This has a lot of value and it's going to help you understand a lot of things and understand how body works in different way. Uh, It's going to help you understand how you feel about, you know, talking in front of an audience and so much more. So that, I would say, it's the first step. Shall we move on? Yes. <laughs> All right. So once you have this, um, this knowledge, you have experience, and you feel confident, and you have been teaching different people, different bodies, then this is the time to understand what your strengths are as a teacher, or as a, if you are a wellness professional, say, what are your strengths as a coach? And also, based on that, based on your strengths and, and, and your experience and also your preference, now is the time to pick a niche. Mm. And picking a niche, I'm sure for many yoga teachers, this is going to be something, maybe it's the first time that they hear about this. For some other yoga teachers, I'm sure they they have here picking a niche so many times, <laughs> but this is super important. Yeah, it's super important. Yeah, as I say, you know, at the beginning, you want to gain experience. You want to know who are the people you feel more confident and and make you happy when you work with them. And once you know it, I would recommend you start focusing on them. Why? Because something that is changing these days, and this, again, this is something that was starting to change even before 2020, but it's becoming more and more clear. It's that people now and in the future, they will want to work with professionals. They will want to work with people who are able to either fix a problem that they are facing or being able to have them achieve some um, desire, achieve something that they want to achieve. And because the online world, as we know, have exploded so much these days, and there is so much information, and say, if you go to Google, if you want to look for something specific, you go to Google, and you are going to find very specific information, this is also the way our industry is changing. People are willing to pay more and they are willing to work with professionals, with experts. So this is how you become an expert. 
when you decide that you have enough experience, you have enough knowledge, you have worked with a certain group of people, when you decide that this is going to be your niche and you start focusing on them, on them, this is how you start taking your first steps as becoming the expert. Does that make sense, Amy? Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I think you're right about you got to niche it down, right? You got to figure out that niche. And, you know, for me, I work predominantly with the brain injury community because I myself had a brain injury and I understand there's a lot of limitations. Like some people can't do inversions. Some people's balance is so bad they can't stand up, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and not not all teachers understand how to modify for that. And so there's great value in finding someone who knows how. Um, Mm -hmm. Another example that came to mind when you were speaking was, um, I can't think of his name, um, but he he targeted ads. um, Do you have tight hips? And I have very tight hips. And so I was immediately drawn to his advertising and he was all about, um, it was like a 30 day stretch for your hips. And, you know, just another example of really niching it down and, and finding that niche and establishing yourself as the expert at that, that particular niche. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a few things that I want to mention that also uh, one of them is that it's going to make it much way easier for your marketing. And as you say, in your case, you have a community who is focused on, on, on brain uh, injury. And of course, you know, what are the things you, you want to speak to connect even to a deeper level with your community? So that is something that, um, that it's going to, to, to help you, you know? When you niche down your message, you are going to, obviously there's going to be people who are not going to feel connected to your message. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Those are probably yeah. people who need to go and practice with another teacher. But the people who connect with your message, they're going to be right there. They want to be hearing for you. They want to hear from you because what you have to offer, it's really important. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I want to mention, Amy, here, it's the word expert. Okay. I know, I know this word for many yoga teachers, we tend to be very humble and calling ourselves experts sometimes feels scary. And I understand that, you know, I'm not here to tell that, you know, everyone can be an expert after, uh, you know, after two weeks or or something like that. But there is also, you know how sometimes we yoga teachers, and I include myself because I've been a yoga teacher for uh, for many years, how we feel that we has, have this void, like if I only learn, if I, only, if I only connect another 100 hours, if I only specialize in this, while I'm telling you something, many times we are ready to have those people who maybe they are just, say, three or four steps behind us. When I work with yoga teachers and they, you know, struggle to call themselves experts or to see themselves, not to call, but to see themselves as experts, I always tell them, look, just think about yourself, just like even one year ago, where were you at one year ago? Because there is people right now who are at that point and you can be really, really helpful for those people. And those people will consider you an expert. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. All right. So that would be, this is really, really important. I could be talking about this, Amy, for hours, but I think we're going to move on. <laughs> but for every yoga teacher who is listening right now, please focus on one niche. If you need more help with that, you know, um, I'm sure you can find out um, the things out there. And, and this is super important. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the next step. The next step would be once you have your once you have clarity on your on your niche, you want to create a community. Mm. And when you create a community, of course, if you are the kind of yoga teacher who wants or prefers to work in person, and it is possible to work in person in the place that you are right now, perfect. Go for it, you know? Still, I would say you still need to have your communication channels, which is, this is, at this point, this is also something important to think about. Once you know your niche, once you know who the people who you are going to work with are, then it's also going to be easier for you to find your communication channels and to find a way you can create a community. I'm going to give you an example. Say that your target audience are people who are over 70 years old. You are, you are working with seniors and, okay, and then you need to think, how can I communicate with them? Obviously, you're going to see them in your in-person classes if that's what you're teaching. And then um, also it is important to have a way to communicate, to, to find them too. Because even though you have your class and you have your group of, of senior people, but eventually you will need to market your classes so that other people can find those classes. So if you would, um, in that case, if you would pick a communication channel for doing your marketing, I bet you wouldn't choose TikTok, for instance. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is something that it is also important to think. When you create your community, think about where your people are hanging out. Yeah. Maybe they like to read blogs. Maybe they like to, to listen to podcasts. You know, maybe they are on Instagram. Those are little things that you need to keep in mind all the time. If, I, if there is one communication channel, one communication channel that I always, always recommend to my students and the people that I coach is email. Mm, yes. Email is a great way to have that connection with people. Some people, you are going to meet them in your class and maybe for different reasons, maybe you need to travel somewhere else or maybe that person travels somewhere else. And if you don't have their email address, they may be on social media, but you know we know how not reliable social media are sometimes because they play with the algorithm. Sometimes people that are friends on social media with you for many years, they may have not seen your posts for months or for years because of the algorithm. But if you collect the email from the people who, who practice with you, the people who have a connection with you, over time, that is the winner strategy that is going to help you keeping that connection with your students. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Email, you know, slow and steady. No one, you, like emails are so valuable, right? Um, and 
it, it may take time to to grow that list, but like I said, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, I'm with you 100% that sometimes we may have the idea that, you know, everything will happen like overnight and everything is like a kind of a quick success, but things take time. And mm-hmm. this is where sometimes I like to see this, Amy, as putting the yoga into action. You know, when you are growing your list, in, even in the day-to-day things, like when you're growing your list, you know, and it's growing like kind of a slow and steady, it's almost like your yoga practice. Your yoga practice doesn't happen overnight. This is something that requires, uh, you know, just uh, unrolling your mat day after day, or maybe you are a meditator and, you know, just like kind of sitting on your pillow and, and do it day by day. And this is how you're going to see the that transformation, that change. It's going to be something that is going to take time, but that's okay. You know, time, consistency, and uh, slowly, slowly it will come. So the next thing would be once you have created that community or you are starting creating that community, this is the time to have conversation with people in that niche and to try, and I say, I would say, try really hard to understand what are the problems and the desires these people in your niche are facing on the day-to-day life. This is really important, and there are many different reasons for that, but I would look at it today from the perspective of marketing. Let's say that nowadays there is so much, I call it sometimes noise out there in the internet, you know? When you open Instagram, when you open Facebook, there is so much noise. And how do you do once you you have your like say you have your classes or your programs and you want to you want to market them? How do you make it for people to stop scrolling? We all scroll. I am the first one who you know sometimes I catch myself at the phone. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So how do we do for people to to understand that what we have to offer to them has some value? And this is when understanding the problems and the desires of our target audience, of our niche, can help us connect with them. And... I'm going to make it like very simplistic, but Amy, I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes we humans, even though we are even as yogis, <laughs> sometimes we are very selfish and we don't care so much about what's going on with other people. But whenever we see something that we can identify as our pain, yeah. our desire, we're going to be like, oh my God, this is talking to me. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, okay, we are, you know, it's just like a way to put it, like we are selfish. But in a way, it's like we are very interested on something that is uh, relating to us in an emotional way, you know? Mm-hmm. Those things that make us feel in a certain way are going to catch our attention. So that's why 
For that reason, I say it's important to have real conversations with people who are part of your community, who are part of that niche, so that you get to understand what are their problems, what are their desires, so that you can also use that as a tool for connecting with those people at an emotional level. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I know where you're going with the next step. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> So the next step is one of my favorite steps, which is the marketing. I I know many yoga teachers feel so bad about marketing. They feel so itchy about marketing. And one of the things that I always say, and this is something that that I learned from one of my coaches, is marketing. Sometimes we think it's like this thing in which we are going to trying to be selling something at someone. Have you ever been, Amy, in that situation in which someone is trying so hard to sell you something and you're like, oh my God, I don't want this. And you feel bad yourself? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so everyone I, can relate. <laughs> I think and that's why people don't want to market and they don't want to feel sleazy. But like, if you, if you follow the steps that you've just talked about, right. And identified your target market, your niche and start creating that community. It's not sleazy selling. You're offering them that solution. Like I said earlier, the example with the tight hips, that ad just resonated with me. Yes. I have tight hips. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So here, here is here is the okay. Here's the best. Here's when it comes the best. So we've been building up all of this, right? So now, um, obviously, we want to to make an income teaching, and there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I know many yoga teachers may feel bad about that. They may feel that marketing is sleazy. But what I always say to them, marketing is education. Marketing is the value, it's it's about educating your audience in the value of what you have to offer. So I say this is one of my favorite ones because I think when I learned this, it was such a huge shift. You know, because I also, no one likes to keep trying to sell stuff that, you know, like if it's something that people don't need, people don't want, no one likes to be there trying to sell something. So when I understood that marketing, what really is, is just like kind of sharing a little piece of the work that you do and making people understand what are uh, what are the ways in which you can work together in a deeper level or, or what are the ways in which you know you can uh, you can teach them then it becomes something different it's not about selling all the time it's about educating and I say it's not about selling all the time because sometimes you will also with your marketing you will also speak about your paid offerings and there is nothing wrong with that. Even if you don't speak, I would say like if you never speak or never want to speak about your paid offerings, you may be doing a disservice to your audience because those people who 
are part of your community and they feel that get, they get some value from you, from those communication channels we were talking about before, you are creating a content in which people are getting some benefit, at some point, if they see an offer, if they see a way in which they can work with you at a deeper level, they're going to feel happy about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, they have to know how to work with you. If, you. if you don't tell them, they don't know that they can work with you. Correct. Correct. <laughs> we need to tell. We need to tell. And I know sometimes this is hard because sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm there sometimes. Like sometimes I feel like, wow, like it really takes, it really takes sometimes just like putting the word out there and talking to people for people to really understand that you have something, you have a way for them to work with you. It happened with me at the beginning when I started, you know, I would do just like kind of a few posts on social media, maybe two posts on social media. I would talk to some people and then I thought that everyone knew what I was doing, but actually nothing can be farther from the truth. People need to listen. They need to listen and listen and listen again. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be people like people had to hear from you five times to, to know, like, and trust you. And now it's Mm -hmm. something like 50 times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. And, and you brought also these, these uh, three works, know, like, and trust that for any yoga teacher who is listening to this, if you are not familiar with this concept, the know, like, and trust concept, this is something that you should absolutely get familiar with. Um, in, in, in very few words, it basically is the process by which someone come, uh, goes from the moment they uh, know you, they find you on the internet, to the moment they pay for working with you. And this process is something that takes some work, takes some time, and take trial and error. Mm-hmm. And so... Once we are here, once we have our community, we have our communication channels, we are sharing valuable content with this community, we are building this know, like, and trust factor, people are starting to feel that they trust us as professionals, then this is the time to create something, to create a paid offering. And I know sometimes for yoga teachers in particular, but you know, also for wellness professionals, this may feel a little bit overwhelming to go ahead and and create an offering. But I would tell you, if that is your case, if you feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so overwhelmed by this, I would say put there whatever you, you you know, whatever you want to create. Uh, Also, absolutely hearing the feedback from your community and based on on their needs and based on on what they, they are looking for. You know, don't get so caught up on the details. Just do the best that you can. Try to serve the best that you can. Put your offering out there. Speak about your offering. Invite people to your offering again and again and again. And run it. Whether that's a series of classes, whether that's a a workshop, whether that's a, a program, whatever that is. Just put it out there. Even if it's not perfect, I guarantee you it's never going to be perfect. Yep. There is always something that you will need to improve. But the idea is for you to launch um, this uh, program, whatever that is, and to put yourself out there and teach. 
And that is going to be super valuable because you are going to understand so many things. Again, you're going to get a great feedback from your students, from people who participated, and you are going to also get some testimonials that eventually will help you when you launch this program or this course or this workshop in the future. You're going to have all of, the, all, all of that experience and those testimonials from people who work with you. Mm. Manu, this has been such a great conversation. You have offered such great tools. Like you've given people a list here of what they need to do. Um, I really appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge with everyone listening. Um, and I want to make sure we take a moment to mention how people can find you. Your website is emprendedoresdelyoga.com. And there's a clickable link in the show notes. Um, and that translates into yoga entrepreneur which I think is such a beautiful name. Um, and your website is, you have it both in Spanish and English. Um, and you work with people from all over the world, helping them grow their business. So tell us a little bit of how people can work with you. So the best way uh, to work with me, at the moment I'm working a, a lot one-on-one, this is, the, this is in English, as you mentioned. My website is in Spanish and English. Uh, Emprendedores del Yoga is a bilingual project. So I work with, uh, with both um, yoga wellness professionals in English and Spanish. And right now, the best way to work with me is one-on-one. This is how, how I, am, um, I am helping yoga and wellness professionals right now. I, uh, I've been the last year and also this year, um, there will be some workshops. I tend to put some workshops out there. Um, you can find them also in my, on my website. And I tend to teach yoga teachers how to find their niche and how to improve their marketing message. So those are basically the best two ways at the moment. It's one-on-one and via my workshops. There is something that it will be coming up in the future, which is a group coaching program. But this is something um, which I'm work in progress right now with this project. Maybe for the time your listeners are listening to this, my group program is already uh, out there. Wonderful. Well, Manu, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And it's my pleasure. It was really great meeting you. And, and thank you so much to your audience for being here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. And I'll see you in the next episode.